Singing sounded very, very nice. I'm sorry I can't be here, um, but I actually leave very promptly after I finish here and fly out this afternoon, so I won't get to be with you here tomorrow. Bless you as you're together. Can we just begin with a word of prayer? Thank you, Father, the almighty, eternal one, and yet our Father. Thank you. Would you help us? Would you help me as I share, but especially help these dear people in front of me, brothers and sisters, fellow heirs of the eternal one, would you help them each of us, as we go from here, to be your servants. Would you help us? Bless us as we look at your word here just a little bit, another time. Help us, Father. We love you and ask for your presence here even today, even in this little meeting. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And through Jesus we pray, amen. <clears throat> well, I, you heard me prayer, and that's, you heard me pray, and that is my prayer. As um, this is the last time I get to share with you, I mentioned a couple of people. There's a few things I would have loved to share, and I decided to share this one. And I don't always know if I make the right choice or not, but here it is. I thought about you all. And I thought about myself, maybe I should prelude a little bit. On the way here, on a couple of the flights and even my travel time to the airport, I got to listen to some messages and my heart was just, I had a little bit of a question mark and a hunger. Lord, could you help me? I have a question. And it was a question about how I was, how I can do my part in a little aspect of the kingdom of God. And it actually wasn't necessarily related to this Bible school, but it was another aspect. And I was asking God, Lord, how do I best do my part? And each of you are going to leave here, and you have a little corner of the kingdom of God that you're responsible to do your part. I don't know all the situations in your part, but, and you don't know all the situations in my part, but we all have a little corner, and that's what God has given us, and you have a responsibility, and I have a responsibility to fill that spot where God has us and do what He wants us to do. That's very basic, but just in my, con- my prayers as I was coming here, Lord, how do I best work in my little spot? And I listened to a couple of messages, and <clears throat> forgive me, it really is very simple. I'm rather simple sometimes. But I was reminded, and I think God reminded me through, again, a couple of brothers, Mickey, be a servant. Just be a servant. You have a job to do in every little aspect of this. Your job is to help lift someone else up. And I know many of you have probably seen me do this little illustration or you've seen it before. You know how we play with hands and you take one, the one on the bottom and it keeps going on top, and that's human nature. Um, there was a brother out in Idaho years ago. He said, you know, that's, that's the way humans do it. You know how God's economy is? It's like this. 
right? We get under and we lift the other one up. Get under and lift the other one up. And get under and lift the other one up. Not this, but this. And I just remembered that little illustration. And so in my little corner, I was reminded as I was come here, and again, it, it didn't necessarily have to do with Bible school here. Mickey, that's your job. Just go and lift someone else up. Bless. Encourage. It really isn't that difficult. Oh yeah, that's right. There's not really big things to do in life. It's just the simple little ones. Go lift someone up. And I want us to ponder this concept in light of what we've been pondering in light of the eternal one. And he's sitting on his throne, and he's the one that spoke the world into existence, and it happened. He's the one that takes his hand, goes like this, and spans across however many million light years, and that's our God. That's the eternal one that we serve. Now he, in all of his splendor that we marveled at, he looks down and he says, Mickey, John, each one of your names, will you join me in what I want to do? Who would say no? Remember who is requesting this. The one who is beyond all that we pondered just a little bit. The eternal one. And he's saying, Mickey, will you join with me and do something for me? I want you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 13, a little verse a while back that stuck out to me that gives us a little snapshot of what I think should be the cry of each of your hearts as you go home and my heart as I go home. (coughs) Excuse me. And we're just going to grab this little thought out of the middle and we'll look at a few other places to get the same thought, but we... Chapter 13, verse 36. Let's go back to 35. Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. For David, verse 36, there's just this little epitaph of David that I want us just to ponder a little bit. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. For David... After he had served his own generation. That is your job. That's your job. Your generation, the ones that are around you, as you go home, is God, how can I serve them? This man, David, God said, he was a man who I raised up. We looked at him just a little bit the other night. The other little epitaph that I just love of his life is a man after God's own heart. And that's back there in verse 22, I believe it is, of the same chapter. This man, God said, he served his generation. If that could be put on my tombstone, if I need one of those, I'm very content without, but that seems to be the way you have to do it. But if I have to have one, wouldn't that be a nice one? Mickey served his generation. He was a servant of the eternal one. And he did what the eternal one wanted him to do. And I want us, as we think about serving our generation, I just like the little picture 
God has made it this way. I don't know why he made it this way for sure. But God has desires and plans. And man has needs. Man, kind, has needs. And God has his desires, burdens, things he wants. And what he is looking for, and again, I don't know why God did it this way, but he chose to do it so that there had to be someone that would reach from here to here to make that happen. Now, God steps outside of the box, and he does things without using man as a link at times. He does. But most of the time, he looks for a David. And he says, David, in this generation... I have a job for you. And he says, Mickey, in this generation, I have a job for you. And he says to each one of us, in this generation, I have a job for you. And so he's inviting you and I as the eternal one. And he's asking you and I, will you be a servant to me? And every one of us here, I'm sure we would say, yes, we want to serve our generation. We want to serve. And yet, when it really comes down to it in everyday life, I was wrestling on the way here with a particular thing there at home. And uh, not a particular thing. That's the wrong way to say it. I was just saying, God, how do I do my part? And I was just reminded again, Mickey, every little opportunity you have, serve. And can I just encourage you young people Every little opportunity you have, serve your generation. Do it. Our eternal one, we tend to see as lofty and big and in control of the whole universe. And thus, I tend to think I want to be lofty and big and do big things. But most of the time, God has many different people and each one of us is supposed to do our little job. It's very common for young people, and I'm still a bit in that category, but it's, God, what am I here for? What are your plans for me? What are your, what are your, what's your calling on my life? Where do you want me? How do you want me? And all of these things, and there's just question marks because you have a lot of life in front of you. And sometimes it might even be a wrestle, what, God, what is my purpose? Why am I alive? Who am I? What am I supposed to live for? And I just want to remind us that as, our, as a child of our Father in heaven, as he told Jesus, Jesus said, as my Father has sent me, so send I you. Is it not beautiful to be a servant of the eternal one? And that's the title here this morning. A servant of the eternal one. I have known what it's like to sometimes feel a little restless. What is my point? Where am I? What am I supposed to be doing? God, what what are you looking for me? And I just pondered it, young men. I have a question for you. If God said, and he won't do this, this goes against his word, so this is a hypothetical impossibility. But just ponder the the concept a little bit. If God said, the end of this Bible school, we'll meet back here next Bible school. And I want every one of you young men 
to come, having earned, and I want you to come free and clear, not above paying expenses and all of that, and come with $50,000. That's, that's what you're supposed to do this next year. You come, each of you, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, okay, right on down the line. That's your job. And in one year from now, if you have gotten brought that $50,000, there's huge rewards. If you don't, there's terrible consequences. Okay, and this is, comes from God. Again, it's a hypothetical impossibility. But just ponder that with me. We walk out of here Monday morning. Okay, we're out of here before Monday. And you knew this was a command from God. Would you have a purpose in life? Would you have something to do? I'm going to guess a couple of you at least would sit down together and say, now what are we going to do? We have something to accomplish. Um, Can I just keep doing my normal job and pay my expenses? And maybe some of you don't even have jobs, and so I'm not pushing for you to get jobs. Just take the hypothetical concept here. And you'd start stewing and thinking and planning and working. And you would have something to accomplish. You'd have a purpose. You know what I mean? You would know what you're supposed to do, and you would dig in, and I believe you would do it with a will. And I actually think if that was your purpose for the next year, most of you could come back with that. I think that could be done. Right? If you really wanted to, and that's what life was about this next year. I just thought about that. Have we been called? Have we not been given? And I didn't use you young ladies in the 50,000. If you want to go for 50,000, that's fine too. But we have been given a job this next year. Will we tackle it with the earnestness that we would tackle that? Will you do that? You have a job. And we could title that job various things. I'm going to title it, You Need to Serve Your Generation. And you're to be a servant of this eternal one. Can you tackle it with the same vigor? I have a job to do. And it's not $50,000. It's a whole lot more than that. It's all the relationships that you touch. And each of us have at least a dozen of them. If there's a hundred of us times a dozen, what is that? 1,200, 1,200 people. And God is saying, go serve your generation. I, the eternal one, want to see your life lift up someone else's. Lift up. Encourage, push forward, help. And I know the hearts of some of you. You want to be the man who can stand in the gap and say, God, I want to live like you, and I want to serve the way you want me to serve to the people around me. I know that's many of your hearts, and so I'm just wanting to be an encouragement today. Let's do it, young people. I felt motivated. I just felt like God blessed me on some of my flights over here. Mickey, go back and serve. That's your job. This is, I know you know this, but I want a few volunteers here, okay? Um, You young men who are willing to read a verse loud and clear. And you know what these are going to say, but I just want us to hear them over and over and over. Who will read for me Titus chapter 1, verse 1? Raise your hand right there. Who will read, and you're just going to go get these verses, and then I'll call them. James chapter 1, verse 1, back here. 2 Peter 1, 1. Uh, Jude 1, 1. Thank you. Revelation 1, 1. 
Thank you. Um, Philemon 1.1. And we'll just stop at that for now. So just listen. And I know you, you probably, some of you already know what this is and you've heard this before. But just listen to these terms of these men of God and what they say. Titus 1.1, loud and clear. Okay, I think. Does that work too? Maybe not. Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledging of the truth which is after God's Good. What does it say? Paul A. What? I want you all to say it. Thank you. A servant. James 1 1. Now we have James. James A. Servant. Pond servant. Second Peter 1 1. Now we have Peter. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that obtain white precious faith, and for his public loss to the righteousness of God our Father and Father, Jesus Christ. Simon Peter A. Servant. Jude. Jude A. Uh, Revelation 1 1. Revelation 1 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto them, to show unto his, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Unto who? A servant. John. Philemon 1 1. All right, that's a little word, different word, but say that word anyway. Paul was a servant, prisoner. That's the word that was used there. Okay, I guess I forgot that. And we could go on. These men who wrote the word of God, the men who saw themselves as followers of Christ, they said, I am a servant. Just a servant. We are to be servants. And so, the question can come, and again, maybe some of you have heard this, but I'm just going to read this little poem. Father, where shall I work today? And my love flowed warm and free. Then he pointed me out a tiny spot and said, tend that for me. I answered quickly, oh no, not that. Why, no one would ever see. No matter how well my work was done, not that little place for me. And the word he spoke, it was not stern. He answered me tenderly. Ah, little one, search that heart of thine. Art thou working for them or me? Hast thou not seen how I did work and when and where I'd be? Oh, follow my example, child. Hast thou no thought of me? Nazareth was a little place, and so was Galilee. And so as we ponder this concept of a servant... Let's remember, it doesn't need to be big. We're just called by the Eternal One who inhabits eternity, and He says, would you be my servant? Would you take the blessings that you know come from Me and take those blessings and pour them in to someone else? Nazareth was just a little place. And so was Galilee. 
I want us just to ponder, in light of being a servant, three different aspects of this. It's distracting us, isn't it? Your ears are turned that way. A few of your heads turned that way. And your minds were turned that way. (laughs) Three different aspects. Young people, go be a servant in your home. Go be a servant in your home. Go be a servant in your job. And I say this for the young men, but young ladies, some of you have jobs. And some of you, though, serve in other homes. Some of you have other things you fill your time with. But go be a servant in that aspect of your life. Go be a servant in your job and go be a servant in your church. Laura mentioned to me a while back, in light of this being a servant in your home, I came home one day and she made the comment, after, I think we might have been talking in the evening, and I asked for it, okay? She was, she was in her place, she didn't step out of her place, and I was asking, and she said, well, it felt like when you came home you were surprised that things weren't like you wanted them to be. In other words, you expected this, it wasn't there, and you, you know, you... And what it boils down to is it was centered around me. So I came home, and I walked in the door, and rather than a servant's heart, I walked in and didn't understand why things weren't like I wanted them. And I don't know if I asked some questions or if I then gave the children some direction or what I did for sure, but I walked into the situation, and again, I don't always do this, I don't think, but I did that day, and it was centered around me. And thus, this wasn't quite right, and this wasn't quite right, and someone had done a a poor job here, and something was wrong here, and it didn't bring an upbuilding atmosphere to the home when I walked in like that. Because I walked into my home with... Question marks of why, why, why. And it was centered around me. I know I have done it the other way at times, and it works out quite different. When I walk into the home and I'm there, how can I help? How can I serve? How can I bless? Can you do the same thing? When you are in the... the, Keep the attitude that he is to be center and others are to be center and not me when you walk in to your home setting. God, how can I serve and bless here? When you come home from work, young men, it's not just carelessly put your shoes and carelessly put your lunchbox and carelessly whatever. No, you come in and think it's time for you to kick back and have your shower. No, you come in, but come in with the attitude, how can I serve here tonight? When you walk into your jobs or the things in front of you, God, how can I serve my boss? How can I do that? How can I build up his business and push him and what he's looking for forward? How can I serve that and make it prosper? I've pondered some of that myself as I just beginning a couple of small businesses with my boys. And then there was someone else who I hired for a little bit. And so my question was, as I pondered it myself... Why did I want to hire him? And as I saw the job that was in front of me, I hope this doesn't doesn't make you lost, but the question was, am I hiring him so that I can forward what I want to do and make money off of him, or am I hiring him because I want to bless him as I try to get this job done? And I just realized I think there can be two different concepts when we look at work. 
Who am I really serving? Am I serving this man that I'm supposedly hiring? Or am I serving myself? And what is it really for? In the local church, when you walk into your church setting, young people, I know that if all of your parents and your ministry would be delighted, if every one of you walks in with, how can I be a blessing to someone else? How can I serve? How can I encourage? Where's the quiet one over in the corner that I can go and talk to and ask how their day went and be a bit of sunshine in their life? Who is one that's a little bit discouraged? Where's a little child that I, can le- that I can kneel down and give a blessing to? And if you and I walk into our church setting like that, and I know our church settings aren't perfect, and the people there aren't perfect, but neither are you. Do your job. That's your responsibility. And walk into it and say, God, how can I serve in this setting? And if we would each walk with that kind of an attitude and all hundred of you and a hundred of us would go home, God, how can I serve in this situation? And that's the question that is upon our heart. I believe God would see the faithfulness in our lives and there would be that big bucket of blessings coming out on our life. Let's go be servants of the eternal one. Remember David just a little bit? There's an aspect of servanthood. I'm not sure how many aspects we'll look at. But we're going to look at one. Uh, Start here with one. There's a few aspects. And one aspect of a servant is they don't divide the big and the little jobs. Number one, don't divide big and little. Be willing to serve no matter the size. Just ponder David. I don't think David divided big and little jobs that he had. Remember? He's out watching the sheep. And I don't think any of us doubt, as he was out there watching the sheep, something was happening between him and God. And there was a relationship that was growing and forming. And so David was out with his sheep, and we know he put his heart into uh, shepherding those sheep. The lion and the bear came. Then he's told, David... You stay out and watch the the sheep, and we're going to have a feast. And we don't have any complaints there. Then he's told, David, come in here, and he's anointed with oil. But go back to the sheep. God, is there not a calling on my life, and I'm supposed to watch sheep? Remember how we looked at that? Then he's taken into in front of the king. Then the king sends him back again. So you go to the king, and you think it's maybe a big job, and then you're back with sheep again. Then you go out with Goliath, and this up and down didn't seem to bother David. Didn't mean it was easy, but it seems like he very faithfully did what was in front of him, no matter the size. And he was faithful. Faithfully did what was in front of him. And it says, David served his generation. Let's not divide the big and the little things. Remember Brother Andrew? Some of you have probably pondered his, um, his life. He was there in the monastery or wherever it was, and one of his jobs for years was washing the dishes. And he said, I learned that I can wash the dishes and worship God as well as anything else and serve God. And he earnestly washed those dishes for the many, many men that they were feeding. And he washed and he dried and he worked in the kitchen. And he did it as unto his father. And he served the eternal one. And he was faithful. 
dividing the big and the little. Sometime, most of the time is because we have, we have opinions about how much this is important. How much we will get out of it. <clears throat> Remember what it says about Elisha? The, or was that Elijah? Elisha, he poured water on the hands of Elijah. Remember that? That was his job, was to serve Elijah. And so it talks about Elisha. Yes, he's the one that poured water on the hands of Elijah. I remember coming up, I forget what I was reading, but I read about the story of a young Chinese convert. He got converted, and within just a very short couple months, he was stuck in prison. He rotted and died in prison a few, I think it was only a couple of years from what I remember. And I just pondered that. Lord, what was the purpose of his life? Only a couple of months converted, stuck in a prison cell, and died. And I think there have probably been many that way. What was the purpose? He was just supposed to be faithful in his corner. And that's what my job is, and that's what your job is. Not to separate what is little and what is big, but to honestly and earnestly be faithful in the little things that are in front of us. Young people, let's do it. The big, the little, the mundane, the whatever. Just be faithful and serve and do what God sticks in front of you. My father used to say, I'm sure he still does many times, little things matter. They do. Little things matter. Be faithful in the little things. Completely and totally faithful in the little things. Don't divide the little and the big. Number two, an aspect of servanthood. Make it a God-centered service, not a me-centered service. It's very easy. Jesus came and he gave his life a ransom for many. That's what he did. Here's my life and I give it a ransom for many. It's for you. Jesus says you can't serve two masters. Either you'll love the one or you'll hate the other. Let's not try to serve ourselves, but let us serve our master. I've been intrigued. I think, Brother John D., I don't know if this is one of your stories, but it just stuck with me. Peter one time, or, or the disciples one time, were told to pick up a rock and carry it to the top of the mountain. Well, all the disciples went, grabbed a rock, and one of them, and I'm sorry, I pick on Peter. I like Peter, but he picked up this small little rock, stuck it in his pocket, and they walked to the top of the mountain. Jesus says, okay, pull out your rocks. He turns it into bread, and that's your lunch. Oh, he wishes he'd have brought a bigger rock. Next day, disciples, get a rock, and you carry that rock, and we're going we're gonna to go on a walk. Well, Peter says, I know what I'm going to do today. And he grabs this big old rock. And he's huffing and puffing. And finally, they get to their destination. And Jesus says, uh, throw your rock in the river. Do what? Throw your rock in the river. And Peter realizes, again, that it's, it's, it's not a true thing. He was willing to carry a big one for himself. But he didn't want to carry a big one and just throw it in the river. And I think we often are servants in that way also. 
Would you do this little thing for me, Jesus will ask? Sure, if I get some benefit out of it. But if I don't get any benefit out of it, and I just carry this little rock, or this big rock, and I don't see the benefit in it, it shows sometimes it's a self-centered perspective of serving our Lord. Number three, have a get-to, not a have-to mentality. We all know what it's like when we ask someone to do something and they have to do it. And they just drag their feet. Those of us who have worked with people even in business and you have someone who's right there and he's ready to serve and he loves to serve. It's such a blessing to have him work there for us. But those who just kind of drag their feet and they are a have to servant. God wants get to servants. There's a little verse in Romans that someone shared with Laura and I when we were in a difficult time that stuck out to us. And we were going through some difficulties and we were dying. I think it was maybe uh, leaving, uh, leaving Zanzibar. And they gave us this little verse. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. God wants our hearts full of hope. Even as we're serving, whether it's the big or whether it's the little, that there's hope that arises in our hearts and we faithfully serve, no matter big or little, feelings come, feelings go, and there's a hope. God, I'm hoping in you. I'm putting my hand up by faith into the eternal. I'm reaching it down, as the picture shows, down to everyday life, and I'm serving. And I get to do this full of hope. A hope that is alive and serving and loving to serve. (coughs) God calls us to do it with a hope. Just in light of David a little bit, Psalm 78 says, He chose David also, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes great with young. He brought him to feed Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. David, I have a job for you. And in this job, I'm going to leave you in the sheepfold, and I'm going to see what your faithfulness is, and then I'm going to pull you out of the sheepfold and put you on the throne. And I do believe that is many times what God does. He takes us where we're at, and He's watching. Are you being faithful in the little ways you can serve? I want you just to listen to this as we think about a servant. These are the words of God spoken at least 23 times about David. Now then, for the Lord has spoken of David, saying, By the hand of my servant David. Another place, Go and tell my servant David, thus saith the Lord. Another place, Saith unto my servant David. Could God say that of me? Could God say that of you? My servant 
Mickey. He just does my will and serves. But he shall be one tribe for my servant David's sake. Another place. All the days of the life of David, my servant. God is saying, unto the son will I give one tribe, that David, my servant. And he goes on, as David, my servant did. Yet thou hast not been as my servant David. And it goes on and on. And my servant David's sake. And for my servant David's sake. God goes on and on making this comment in the, New, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. At least 23 times he calls David my servant. As I said earlier, I would love to have written across my life, Mickey, my servant. I want to be faithful in what God calls and puts in front of my life and just be his servant. There's a prayer that John Wesley prayed. He wrote down. He said, I'm no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposable. And now glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Lord, As one man prayed that has just stuck out to me many times. Whatever you need a servant for, I volunteer. Here I am. That's Brother John D's paper with a signature on the bottom. God, you fill it in. Lord, whatever you need a servant for, I volunteer. I believe that is the heart that God is looking for you and I. And he's saying, will you... As me, as the eternal one. And as lots of needs that I see on earth, will you be my servant? And young people, can I just plead with you as we each go home. I'm going home with a renewed desire to just serve. And I want to serve in every way I can and just lift my brother up. Lift the situation up. Believe in God and the situation at hand. And all these things, I am looking forward to going home with a renewed heart. I want to be a servant. Could you join me in that? Let's go home with a renewed heart. God, how can I serve? In my home, in my church, in my business setting, in whatever it is, how can I be your servant? And young people, let's be, and I just mean it very, very practically. Be someone who says thank you. Say words of thanks. Do it. Say words of thanks to your mother, to your sister, to your brother, to your father, to your leader, to your boss. Say thank you. Speak upbuilding, complimentary words. You did a good job and say what it is. Sometimes it's hard for us to simply use our tongues and our mouths to lift people up. Learn to say upbuilding, encouraging words to other people. Be a servant in that way. Be willing to do the job that no one else wants to do. I remember in our home, there, 
just, just the idea, okay, so we're going to clean today, and Mickey, you be willing to clean the toilets. Just volunteer. Not in a self-righteous way. You go pushing yourself forward trying to look righteous by doing all these dirty deeds. No, 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 you're missing the point. But be willing to do the job that no one else wants to do. Jump quickly when there's an opportunity that something needs to be done. Jump and say, I'll do it. Be someone who volunteers to serve no matter the task, little or big. Can I help in it? Be someone who jumps quickly when there's a need. Look for ways to serve and don't just wait to be asked. Many times there's a lot of things that need to be done and there's a lot of people that are <clears throat> need to things that need to happen and be someone who's looking for things that needs to be done. If the dishes need washed, just do them. If the, the floor needs swept, just sweep it. If you know something needs to be done, just look for ways. And then as you do it, go into it with a heart. Father, will you help me to be faithful as a little servant today in this situation? Can I be a means of grace coming from your eternal throne down to the setting where I'm serving? And just do what's in front of you. Young people, learn to pray. It's another way to serve. You pray for your family and do it on a consistent basis. It's a way to serve in the closet. You pray for your job situation, for your boss, for your coworkers. Just, just actually do it. I know what it's like to have all the ideals and the good ideas. But do I sometimes not do it? Absolutely. Just do it. Pray for those around you. It puts your heart, what it does and it prepares your heart to want to serve them. You want to see them build up if you have been earnestly seeking God and praying for them. <clears throat> see, I said, be willing to do the dirty jobs. Be willing to come alongside and offer service. Not always just waiting for it, but honestly offer and look for ways to serve. God loves when we're faithful in the little things. Just a poem here. The God of all creation, the Savior of us all, looks down from heaven's glory and He loves the things that's small. His glory in a feed box, a newborn babe, God's son, yea, through a tiny baby, salvation's plan begun. A little horn of oil in prophet Samuel's hand anointed the young David who became a mighty man. Just one small pot of oil and the widow's debt was paid. A young boy fed 5,000 with the lunch his mother made. And from the pen of Paul the Apostle, with the end of Moses' quill, flowed out the Holy Scriptures and their influence lives on still. Shamgar's tool, an ox goad. Rahab's, a scarlet string. Gideon just blew a trumpet and David used a sling. Samson had a jawbone, Moses had a rod, Dorcas a tiny needle, but all were used of God. Oh, busy working papa and mama there at home, dear young one doing school and you youth who long to roam, no task can be too little, no labor e'er too small, God's jealous o'er your little works and smiles on them all. Your nickel in the offering, your willing helping hand, 
Each individual candle lights up a darkened land. A whispered cry for pity. A tiny prayer takes wings. Oh, let us all remember, God uses little things. Jesus said, As my Father has sent you, has sent me, so send I you. Young people, we have the same calling. Let's go home and serve. I remember listening to a message, The Will of God for Your Life, and he made ten points where we can find the will of God for you is, and he goes on and lists your sanctification. The will of God, and he goes and lists these ten things. And then... He said, remember, if you are being faithful in these things, and God says, I want you across the great pond, he said, God can get you across the great pond. Or if God has something else for you, you won't be forgotten. If there's a faithful, willing servant daily living out his life, God won't forget you. God bless you all. I'm headed to the airport. So you can pray for me as I go. But I will pray for you all. I want us each to be faithful. I long for each of you to be faithful. I've been at many Bible schools. And then you come back and sometimes people change. And sometimes people make right choices. And sometimes they make wrong choices. I want you to be faithful. And I want to be faithful with you. So can we just pray. Father, would you bless these dear young people. Would you help us to be servants of you, the eternal one? Please, we each go back to different places in life, and we need you. Would you help us? Would you help me? Would you help these dear young people to be servants of you, the eternal one? And Father, help me in my Oh, you know, Lord, stumbling, bumbling ways sometimes help me to be faithful. We want you to be able to say, as you did of David, my servant, Mickey. Help us, Lord, we love you, and we love to get to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all as you live your lives in light of the eternal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>